Well, this morning I'd like to look at a scripture in the Gospel of John, chapter 11 and 12, actually. And we have certainly have looked at this uh, in the past, but I saw some things that I hadn't seen before, and I'd like to look at it from a different point of view, or at least it was for me. And this is talking about Lazarus. We talked about Lazarus, and we always focus on, as we should, about his uh, being raised from the dead by Jesus Christ and everything. But there's, there's something else that uh, I would like to look at. Again, a little different point of view, something that I hadn't uh, realized uh, that much before. Uh, in John chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper. The supper is made for Jesus. There they had made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. I never really noticed that before, or the significance of it, maybe. So that's what I'd like to title our lesson this morning, that Lazarus sat at the table with him. And maybe for a moment, just think about what that would have been like. Uh, not necessarily the physical food, what it tasted like, uh, but the fellowship and the communion and the words of the Lord around the table as they sat and they ate. So I'd like for you to, to keep that on your mind a little bit. But something else uh, I uh, want to look at from a slightly different point of view. And again, we always look at Lazarus, how the Lord raised him and so forth, and, and we should. But also, from Lazarus' side, Lazarus was sick. Lazarus died. I uh, don't know what kind of sickness it was. It wasn't something like he fell and broke his neck and died like that. This was a sickness that went on for a few days. There was suffering. So, I, again, I always focus on just the resurrection of Lazarus and, and never looked at this part of it and what go along with that. I, I think there's uh, certainly a blessing in it as we look at those things. So, so here as we look in the 12th chapter of John, uh, there was a meal prepared for the Lord. And Lazarus, doesn't say who else was there, but the point being is talking about Lazarus. Lazarus was one of them. This is after he's resurrected. Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with the Lord. So sat there, breaking of bread, hearing the words of the Lord, communing with the Lord. I remember Brother Don would comment so many times, those two disciples on the way to Emmaus, and after the Lord left them, they said, oh, didn't our hearts burn within us? And I mean, Brother Don mentioned that many times. We've all, no doubt, been in conversations or heard sermons where it just makes our heart burn within us, sitting and dining with the Lord as Lazarus did. So Lazarus was sick. He was going to die. No doubt there was suffering involved. So I'm going to go back. We're going, so we're going to try to work our way up to our text here where Lazarus set the table with him. 
But I want to go back to the 11th chapter. And as we look at Lazarus in this 11th chapter, some things that we, we see or some things we see or don't see, Lazarus just seemed to be a, a normal man. Seemed to have many friends of the Jews. He was a Jew, but he and his sisters, they seemed to have many friends. No record of him having any enemies. Before this, anyway. So now, let's, let's start in, in verse 1. And like I said, we'll try to work our way up to our text in the 12th chapter. Uh, 11.1. Now, a certain man was sick, named Lazarus, of Bethany the town of Mary and her sister Martha. And it was that uh, Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Again, later Lazarus would die. The Lord was going to give him life. But right now, that hadn't taken place. And they said, oh, one that you loved. And I want you to take note of that. He loved Lazarus before he ever gave him this life. He was dead, and he gave him life. But before that, he already loved Lazarus. And we could go many scriptures. Uh, I won't go to Ephesians 1.4, but tells us that he loved us before the foundation of the world before he gave him life. And something else I want to read. Hold your place here uh, as we talk about the Lord loving us. In, in the 17th chapter of John, which we're uh, very familiar with, but one portion of there, as I was thinking, is he, he loved Lazarus. How much did he love him? John 17 and, and 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also who shall believe on me through their word. This is you and I in this day and age as well. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou gavest me, I, gave, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. And listen to verse 23. I and them, thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me. And listen to this. And has loved them as thou hast loved me. He's praying to the Father here. He's saying that the Father loved them as, as he did him. And has loved them as thou hast loved me. A little hard to comprehend and take all that in. But that's the love of the Father and certainly the love of the Son as well. So he loved us before we had physical life. He loved us before we had spiritual life. I wanted to make that point. So now going back in the 11th chapter here. In verse 4. When Jesus heard that heard that he said this sickness is not unto death well later he'll explain that a little more so this sickness is not unto death he said well Lazarus died well yes he did but the end result was he was raised back to life so he does explain that a little later when he's talking to his disciples but Lazarus was sick 
Lazarus was going to be sick unto death. And again, there was a few days of this sickness, a few days of this suffering for Lazarus. Was this punishment to Lazarus for anything? We don't have any record of that, do we? Ecclesiastes, third chapter, says, for every purpose, there's a time and a season. So there was a purpose of Lazarus getting this disease or whatever it was and die. There was a purpose for it. There was, there was a purpose, and the Lord had appointed a time and a season for this to take place. But, you know, was it punishment to Lazarus? Well, we see no record of that. I, I want to say in, in John, the ninth chapter, and hold your place here again in the 11th chapter. But in the ninth chapter, we see a man that was born blind. Well, actually, it was a baby that was born blind. Now he's a man. And Rhonda's sight is, is valuable to us, even if it's an auto-zone uh, sign or something like that. Uh, sight is, is valuable. And uh, this person had been blind from, from birth. I would consider that a, what a terrible thing. So, uh, John 9 and, and, and 1 and as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from his birth. I don't think we have an indication how many years it was, but now he's a man. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. So, Saying, no, it's not, it's not that he or his parents did anything wrong. Of course, all sinners, of course. But there was a purpose in it. This, and again, you think of a little baby. One of the, my staff uh, became a uh, grandfather recently, and the baby is premature, but everything seems to be good and everything. But you think of a baby being born blind. It's... Uh, it would be sadness. But this was nevertheless, he was born blind. Now all the years, and what he went through in all of his life. You know, now we have a lot of support for people that are uh, uh, disabled in different things. But back then to be born blind and live his life. But uh, there was a purpose for it in a time and a season. And the purpose was that the works of God should be made manifest in him. We could say, well, how about if he just went blind two weeks ago, and then the Lord gave him eyesight? Yeah, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be what I'd be cheering for. <coughs> but that wasn't the case. This man, was, this baby, was born blind, lived his life up until he was a man. And then the Lord was going, to, was going to open his eyes, of course. And, and again, certainly a picture uh, for us. But it says that the works of God should be made manifest in him. And then all the way over in verse 30. 
This is after, of course, <coughs> now he had his sight. And you remember they went to the, the, the parents and said, well, said, how did he receive his sight and everything? Well, if they said Jesus, they were going to kick him out of the synagogue. That was what they would do. And that was not a small thing either. But they'd go and kick him out of the synagogue. And so they wouldn't say, and they said, well, ask him. He's old enough. And, of course, he, did, he didn't answer them, told them. And uh, now in verse 30, the man answered and said unto them, Why, here, here is a marvelous thing, that you know not from where he is, and yet he hath opened my eyes. And we might mention, we would look at this as our spiritual eyes being open as well. Don't want to leave that out. 31. Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God, and doth his will, him he heareth. Since the age began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could, he could do nothing. So... Here, uh, this, his, his eyes were opened, and he was telling them that his eyes were open and everything. And he said, here's this marvelous thing. Why are you having such a problem with it? So he's teaching them. So these are the Pharisees and the Jews of this age. So he was telling them, no, this was, this was Jesus. He'd done a great thing. He, they all, most of them thought, well, he's a Beelzebub, right? So verse 33, if this man were not of God, he could do nothing. They answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out, cast him out of the synagogue. And again, if you study that, there's consequences to that uh, as well. So um, this man wasn't being punished for anything. It was that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Again, think about that. Think this man living his entire life blind. But God, had a pur God was just in it. God had a purpose in it. Uh, and, and we think of Job. The things that happened to Job. Was it punishment? All those things happened. That's not mentioned at all. Uh, once it was said, you know, was, uh, without a cause... And uh, his, you remember his wife and his friends tried to all convince him that you'd done something and God's mad at you. That's why it's happening to you. Otherwise, it wouldn't be happening to you. But that wasn't the case at all. So now back in John uh, 11. I'm going to read verse 4 again. Then we'll move on. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified by it. So this is a purpose. This is the purpose of Lazarus' sickness, pain, suffering. And we're going to see, I, I assume there was some emotional suffering there as well, and we'll talk about that, Lord willing. But, but there was a, a, a purpose and a season and a time that the Son of God might be glorified by it. Now, verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. So, uh, it turns out this was less than two miles 
Could have walked it in just an hour or two, I guess. But he stayed there two more days. So here Lazarus is sick, suffering. Sister certainly cared for Lazarus. And I'll use the word delay, but we know it wasn't really a delay. This was all in the Lord's plan. But we'll, from a human perspective, we'll look at it. I wonder during this delay if Lazarus had any thoughts of the Lord forsaking him. Lazarus is human. We're human. Sickened to death. Then sent word to the Lord. Wasn't that far away. And the Lord waited two more days before we ever left him there. I wonder if, if Martha and Mary had thoughts that the Lord had forsaken them and forsaken Lazarus. Again, me being human, these thoughts may want to creep in. Hopefully by the scriptures and, and, and the Lord strengthening us, those wouldn't stay long. But nevertheless, I, I wonder. Uh, he was sick. Knew if the Lord came, he could heal him. But he didn't come. And uh, let's drop down to the 11th verse of John 11. These things said he, and after that he said unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of his sleep. Well, he was telling the disciples here, you know, Lazarus is, uh, is sleeping. And, of course, they didn't quite understand. He did tell them later. But Lazarus was sleeping. I think we read not very long ago, and I won't go back there this morning, but in the fifth chapter of Ephesians, it says, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. It's the call of the Lord. Calling him out. Now, those particular people, it, it, it said awake. In other words, they were sleeping, not necessarily dead. But uh, awake thou sleepest and, and come out from among them. Uh, there was another, and I don't think I'll go there to try to save some time. You remember uh, the Lord had got out of the boat and came on this certain land. And there was a man who had been living among the tombs, living among the dead. And it tells some of his condition, everything that happened. And uh, the Lord delivered him from that condition. You remember the, uh, the, the, the demons, and, uh, and they were cast him out into the swine. The swine, which is an unclean beast, ran down into the sea. And if you carry that thought, uh, that particular sea over in Revelations, I think it has some meaning there as well. But anyway, uh, that, that was the, the, the man that... Uh, had been there, not in his right mind, living among the dead. And then the Lord healed him. Healed him among the dead, and then we see him sitting there in his right mind and, and clothed. 
from among the dead to being fully clothed in his right mind. And I probably should have read that, but I won't. But anyway, that says he wanted to go with the Lord said, no, you go tell. So he told his friend, told about the Lord, what the Lord had done for him. And isn't that what we do after the Lord uh, calls us out from among the dead? Clothes us. Puts us in our right mind, led by the, the Holy Spirit. That's what we're to do, too, is, is to tell others. So now, back in John uh, 11, and uh, let's read verse 11 again. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of his sleep. Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, uh, he shall do well. However, Jesus spoke of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them, plainly, Lazarus is dead. Don't know how gruesome it was. At one point he took the last breath. At that point. I assume his sisters was there by his side. They were close. He told his disciples, so, no, he said, Lazarus is dead. In verse 15, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. So Lazarus was sick, very sick. Sick unto death. They'd sent word to the Lord. Hey, one of them you love is sick. Just a few hours walk away. The Lord waited two more days. Lazarus died. Again, what was going through Lazarus' mind? Mary and Martha. Was there any uh, uh, doubts at that time that crept in? Has the Lord forsaken us? Verse 17. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was near unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs. Again, that's a little under two miles. Now Lazarus is in the grave. The Lord could have healed him. Uh, and then uh, let's skip all the way down now to verse 32. Then when Mary was come where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. So I believe Mary and Martha both was in pain. No, it was the brother died, knowing all the time that the Lord could have prevented this if he'd been there, knowing all the time that he was less than two miles away. I figured there were some doubts had the Lord forsaken them. That's my opinion. Okay, that's not scripture. That's my opinion. I always try to tell one's my opinion. Thirty-three. 
When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping who came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. We talked sometime several months ago, I guess, maybe a year or so, I'm not sure, about the, I kind of titled the weak side of Jesus, not the good title, I guess, but the human side of Jesus. And David, as I've mentioned to you before, I, I had trouble for years. Well, Jesus can't suffer. Jesus can't be depressed. Jesus, you know, can't be sorrowful. He was. And, that, and understanding that, I think, helps us understand more of his love for us and what he did. He said he groaned in the spirit. So here's Lazarus dead, been in the grave four days already. Martha and Mary said, Lord, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. And, of course, this is all in the Lord's plan. We know that. But then it said, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Verse 34, and said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. There's a lot of different thoughts on Jesus weeping. Some say, well, he's weeping for Martha and Mary. He wasn't weeping for Lazarus. I, I understand he's going to raise Lazarus, but I think he was weeping for Lazarus as well. Been in the grave four days already. He was sick. Right now, we have concerns for a brother in the hospital. Not the same kind of sickness as this was, I assume not. But anyway, Lazarus w was sick and in misery. His sisters knew that. Lord, if you had been here, you know, he wouldn't have died. Now, well, where have you laid him at? So they told him where he laid him at. And Jesus, certainly knowing the suffering that Lazarus went through, the pain that he went through, and said, Jesus wept. I think he wept. I think that was the human side of him. He, you know, of course, he took on flesh. I think this was part of it. He, uh, I think he wept for Lazarus and for Mary and for Martha. He uh, has compassion on them. Then verse 36 I mean, he knew, of course he knew he was going to raise him. But still, it, I, I guess it speaks of his love. He wept, troubled, he groaned in the spirit. That's, that's a manifestation of love, certainly. Verse 36, then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. And again, he did. Loved him before the foundation of the world. Loved him before he... Loved him before he's going to give him this life. He's about to give him life, resurrecting, but he loved him before that. 37. And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have caused that even this man should not have died? And of course he could have. There's a purpose in this, and a season and a time for this purpose. 38, Jesus therefore again groaning in himself. Coming to the grave, it was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. 
So here Jesus is again groaning within himself. They all said, well, you know, he could have, he could have prevented this. I, I think it's good to see the human side of Jesus. Again, to me, it, it shows more of the manifestation of love. But Lazarus certainly suffered and died laying in that grave. Again, during this sickness, did Lazarus feel forsaken? We know the Lord, not too much after this, was going to be on the cross. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? A lot of study about that, you know, between God, the Father, and so forth. But Jesus felt forsaken. Even, you remember, he took him in the garden and said, You wait here, and you pray, and I'll go pray. Pray that you enter not into temptation. And, and the Lord went and prayed, and he came back, and they were asleep. You think the Lord felt, again, the human side of him felt a little bit forsaken there? When, and another time, remember, he, he, he prayed, and his sweat was as were great drops of blood. How much more intense could that be? Come back, disciples sleep again. So the Lord was going to know about feeling forsaken. And even to the Father, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Not the Father, but, but God. So uh, here he is uh, in, in verse 38. Jesus, therefore, uh, again, groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone lay upon it. In verse 39, Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh. For we have been dead four days. You know, it's not an easy thing to say or to think of, is it? All these things was going on. Lord, you know, we sent word to you. You waited two more days. Did You know, you loved us. Uh, we felt forsaken. And now here you are, but in the grave, but you've been there four days. He, he stinketh already. He's beginning to de decay and rot this uh, Corruptible body had begun to corrupt and rot, or ordinarily would have. So, before Lazarus was giving this, I'll say this new life, he said he, he stinketh. Before the Lord Cause your new birth, a new life. Do you think we stinketh? You remember Saul of Tarsus in the Philippians, the third chapter, I believe it is? He said, if anybody's got reason to boast, I've got more reason than all of you. And he began to list, you know, his genealogy and and circumcision and touching righteousness in the law is a blameless. All these things is what he used to trust in. And then later he says, but now I count all that as dung. Dung is manure. It's thinking. 
That's where Paul was at. Before he was given this new birth, new life, if you will, he stinketh. We read in, I think we talked about in Psalms, not in the, well, not too far uh, ago, said the Lord is able to raise the poor out of the dunghill. That's manure. Stinketh. Lazarus here said that he's thinking by now. So before our new birth, Isaiah said, We're all as an unclean thing, all of our righteousness are filthy rags. So now it's uh, verse uh, 40. Jesus said to her, Said I not unto thee, if thou wouldst believe that thou shouldst see the glory of God? Remember, this was the purpose of this. 41, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people who stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. His prayer didn't have to be audible to the Father, of course, but he did it uh, for those that were there and recorded for us as well. And 43, And when he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Call the Lord to a new life. Lord willing, I may talk about the call of the Lord tonight. What is the call of the Lord? Do we wait for the Lord to stick his head in the tomb for to call us? Or uh, what is the call of the Lord? What, what do we look for? Zach, do we climb a sycamore tree like uh, Zacchaeus? I saw a big sycamore tree down here at Forestdale from that wind yesterday. And, or, yeah. Uh, but so do we climb a sycamore tree and uh, Zacchaeus and wait for the Lord to call us there? What is the call of the Lord? And Lord willing, we may talk about that tonight. Uh, Saul of Tarsus, I'm going to have to lease some stuff out. We're getting uh, Saul of Tarsus. The Lord called him, didn't he? And Brother Austin, I think there's two sermons in the, the book, The Comforter. Police brutality. It wasn't too gentle how he called Saul of Tarsus. Blinding, knocking down, blinded him, and so forth and so on. But that was, that was his calling. Took him to uh, uh, one of his true churches where his eyes were open, etc. Okay, and uh, now verse 44. I want to move on here. And he was dead, came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was bound about with a cloth or napkin. Jesus said to them, Loose him and let him go. So he gave instructions to his disciples here. Loose him. Take off the coverings of the dead. Take off the fig leaves. Adam and Eve tried to make a covering for themselves. Take off the, the works of man. Take off those coverings and 
clothe him, or let him see that he's clothed with the blood of Jesus Christ. As Adam and Eve, fig leaves didn't work. God killed an animal, shed blood, made coats of skins for their coverings. So that's instruction for us. That we take off the grave clothes, look at all their self-righteousness. We take that away. Let them see. And Well, I'll go back to... Let them see they're not to be clothed with mixed garments. Not Jesus Christ plus something else, but the blood of Jesus Christ is his covering. And not mixed garments. Okay, now in, in John 12... And I haven't left myself much time here. Uh, John 12 and verse 1 and 2. Uh, then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. And there they made him a supper. Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. So Lazarus, we know he was resurrected the Lord gave him life, and now we're here at this place, and Lazarus was sitting at the table with the Lord. Again, I don't know what the physical food was, the bread, the unleavened bread, I don't know. But sitting with the Lord, communing with the Lord, and listening to the Lord, listening to the words of the Lord, uh, and hearing the words of the Lord. When the, remember when the Lord was tempted, he said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Lazarus there hearing the very words out of the mouth of God. What a blessing. What a blessing that was. What a blessing that would be. What a blessing for Lazarus to be sitting there at the table listening to words out of the mouth of God. What a blessing. And I want to bring out, what about you? What about you today? I think of Mephibosheth. Uh, you remember King David said, is there any of the house of Saul, you know, that may show him kindness and everything? They said, well, Jonathan had a son. He's lame on his, he, he's crippled. He's lame on his legs. And you remember what he did. He got him and, of course, had somebody till the land for him, bring the fruit in at his county. He said, but he'll sit at the king's table. His legs be on the king's table all the days of his life. That was Mephibosheth. And in the same way with us. We eat at the Lord's table. Brother Austin and Brother Don, through the years, served us. We have been blessed with the very word of God. In, in John chapter 6, uh, again, I'm not going to be able to, to bring much out of this, but John 6 and uh, let's see. 32, this is talking about food at the table. Then Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. 
speaking of himself. For the bread of God is he who cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the, uh, to, giveth life unto the world. <clears throat> so, he's, so at the table, they, they was there with the true bread. <clears throat> and 30, <clears throat> 39, and this is the Father's will who has sent me. That of all he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again the last day. That's, that's the words of God. That's the words out of the mouth of God. Everyone the Father gave him, he'll raise them uh, at the last day. Now, does the world, the world doesn't believe that. I'm saying what a blessing it is. And this is not the only true church. Never meant to say that, don't mean to imply that. But the Lord's true churches, that they are blessed to sit at the very table with the Lord and hear the very words of God. Man doesn't live by bread alone. And so many more scriptures I want to read there, don't have time. Uh, so back in John 12 and, and 2 there, uh, they made him a supper and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. So the Lord had raised Lazarus up, given him new life, and now he's sitting at the table hearing the words of God. Verse uh, <clears throat> 10. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. As I mentioned before, there was no record of Lazarus having any enemies. Seemed to have a lot of friends. No record of him having any enemies. Now that the Lord gave him life, he heard the word of God, professing that word of God. Now he's got enemies. They want to kill him. Verse, but as we look at the whole purpose of this, verse 11, because by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. So because of Lazarus, Lazarus was used as a tool and many believed on Jesus. This was part of the, of the, God, of the purpose. That Lazarus is going to be sick and to death. That God would receive the glory. And now by using this tool, um, it said many believed on Jesus. And certainly that should be our desire as he has given us a new life. As we see what he has done for us, that we would tell others and that we may be used as a tool that they would believe. After the new birth, many believed because the Lord's use of Lazarus. And I'll go back again to Brother Olson and Brother Dom. The Lord's use of them to serve us at the table of the Lord, many believed. May the Lord bless the speaking of his word. We're dismissed. <clears throat>